Well, Happy New Year, Christ Chapel. Thank you. Happy New Year to all of you uh, at our other venues, the Hive, West Campus, Converge, and the South Campus as well. And if you're on the Internet Campus, thanks for joining in no matter where you are. Thanks for choosing to be with us. Uh, It's great to kick off the new year with you, but uh, thinking back to 2019, I just wanted to thank you as the Christ Chapel family for making 2019 uh, such a special year. And you're going to hear more about uh, how special last year was for us as a fellowship over the next coming weeks. But uh, I just wanted to thank you. One of those special things was uh, Christmas Eve. We encouraged you to invite your friends and neighbors to a Christmas Eve worship service to worship our Savior with you, and you did that. And we had uh, the most guests that we've ever had for one of our holiday services, and I just wanted to thank you for inviting them. Uh, That is tremendous. If you were one of those guests, uh, thank you for being a guest. We hope that you don't call yourself a guest for very long. Uh, We want you to call yourself a a Christ Chapelite, be a part of the family. This is a wonderful church family. We're not perfect at all, so hopefully you fit right in. Uh, We are just imperfect people that wanna love each other and love love the Lord well. So it was a special thing, and uh, thank you for making Christmas Eve special. If you invite a guest to that, you're gonna have something special to invite them back to uh, pretty soon as well, and that is Art Reach. Uh, Outreach is a way that our folks get to use their spiritual gifts as well as the gifts that God has given them in the creative arts to make much of him. It's a great outreach to our city as well. So that's coming up. It's the weekend. The Sunday is March 1st. But if you're an artist, you need to start uh, looking online. Uh, Those submissions, I actually think, begin January 3rd. And so you can make those submissions online. So all that information is there, but it gives you something great to invite your friends and neighbors back to here uh, that will serve be attractive. But I hope you had a good break. Uh, it was a good break for us. It was a busy time with Christmas Eve, but got to have some time uh, with the boys and the family. And I think I said this in the sermon before, you know, uh, kids can't wait, you know, to get out of school and parents can't wait for them to go back to school. And uh, so it, it was wonderful to be at home with, with the boys, and we spent some time with friends and extended family and certainly our immediate family as well. But I just don't do well sitting still. Like, I, I just, I've, I, I've got to do something. And so I, I, I'm, I'm going and looking around the house for things to do or, or errands to run, and it, I don't like it when stores are closed because I need to do something. And so I spent a couple days just kind of resting, and then I was like, you know what, this is just not me. I'm a routine-oriented person, so I'm gonna get back in my routine, get started again, start running some errands, do that kind of stuff, get busy. And it was really hard to get started. And I started thinking uh, of that phrase, that an object at rest tends to stay at rest. It was hard for me to get going again because I had kind of let off the throttle. I, I, I had pulled back a little bit, which got me to thinking about this. Newton's Cradle, and uh, now, ironically, uh, this is uh, named after Newton, but uh, Newton didn't invent this. This was invented by a uh, French philosopher who nobody knows, and I don't even remember their name. Uh, But the reason why it was named after Newton is because Newton is one of the most uh, famous physicists of of all time. In the late 1600s, we call him Sir Isaac because he was uh, knighted by Queen Anne in 1705, wouldn't it be cool to just be called Sir all the time? You know, Sir Isaac Newton, but he's one of the most famous mathematicians, physicists, philosophers, some even called him a theologian of the day. 
And the reason why this is called Newton's cradle, even though he didn't invent it, is because it encapsulates these three laws of motion that he came up with. When, when Newton was 20 years old, he came up with the laws of gravitation. Then 20 years later, he came up with the three laws of motion. So very quickly, let me tell you about them because you probably know about them, at least in theory. The, the first law of motion is an object at rest tends to stay at rest. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. Unless, those, those two are true, unless acted upon by an outside force. The second law of motion is that, uh, where you get that equation, F equals MA squared. I've got to read it. Force is equal to the change in momentum. Now, I, I could certainly explain more of this law to you, but my high school physics teacher would probably recommend that I don't. Every time he gave me my grade, I kid you not, he would say, you need to come over this weekend and wash my truck. I thought, man, I guess he asked all his best students to come and wash his truck. But basically what that means is that a force applied to an object, the cool thing about that law is that the force applied to an object tends to take on not only that force, but that same direction as well. So that's the second law of motion. And then his third law of motion is for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Now, you know those laws, at least the, the verbiage of those. They've been so, so famously taught and, and quoted, and they apply to our everyday lives. And it got me thinking about, I'm going to spiritualize this. I'm making the preacher turn for you here. But it got me thinking about spiritual physics because it got me thinking about like that first law, an object at rest tends to stay at rest spiritually. If we're not doing anything spiritually, then we're not tending to start to do anything spiritually unless acted upon by an outside force. But an object in motion tends to stay in motion. If we can get started into spiritual things, then we'll tend to stay in motion. Or, or, or the second one, the F equals MA squared. That if we take on this outside force, then we'll tend to move in the same direction. And then for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. When God moves in our life, it, it elicits a response, a, a, a reaction to his action toward us. I mean, these laws of motion apply to our spiritual lives as well. And so today, we're actually going to start a new series called Inertia. And the reason why I'm calling it inertia is, inertia, now this is a layman's definition, is the natural tendency of an object in motion to continue moving in the same direction. The tendency of an object in motion to continue moving in the same direction. You see, it's my goal that with this series, we're going to look at the direction that God wants to move us. He's going to be the force that is accelerating toward us, and I want us to take on that same direction. Because here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want you to be here on January 3rd, 2021, in the same place spiritually. And I don't want to be in the same place spiritually. And I'm taking on new spiritual disciplines uh, this year so that I don't stay the same. I don't want you to be a spiritual object at rest because you will tend to stay at rest the rest of this year. And so we want to start off saying, God, what direction do you want to move us individually, and what direction do you want to move us as a church? But we need to be acted upon by an outside force. 
And that outside force is obviously God's spirit at work. God's spirit at work in our church, God's spirit at work in us. And it reminded me of the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 to 15 says, For the love of Christ compels us or controls us is the ESV way I memorized it was compels us because we have concluded this that one has died for all therefore all have died and he died for all that those who might who those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sake died and was raised you see that verse tells me about God's motion as I said, it says it begins for the love of Christ controls us. The way that I memorized it was compels us, which means that it it provides energy, it provides motion. It it God's love propels us into a new direction. And I looked up the word the word control that obviously is translated differently in our English synonyms, but that word control has a lot of different meanings to it in the Greek. That word control means a couple of different things. The first thing that it means is it holds together. It, 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 it literally, whatever the object is, would fall to pieces if it was not controlled or held. It made me think about how the love of God surrounds us. You know, we learn that God is love. And God demonstrates his love. God makes a proactive motion to demonstrate his love toward us. And so we are held together, surrounded by his love. It's as we prayed in Psalm 63 that we're dry and weary land where there's no water except he satisfies our souls. He surrounds us with his love. He holds us together. We would fall to pieces without him. But the other idea that's there with control and the, where it kind of gets the idea of surrounding is it, it has the idea of an animal trying to be pushed into a particular place and they are surrounded or pushed or narrowed and therefore guided forward. That's what, that's what this word control means, of, of trying to move an object, trying to move a being in a certain direction, and so you end up guiding it by pushing hard against it to propel it forward. That's what this idea is, and it's what God wants to do with you in this new year. God wants to move you in a new direction, into a direction that is closer to him, in a direction that is not the old life that you used to live. And maybe your old life wasn't terrible, but he wants to move you into a new direction with his new life for you, available only through his spirit in Christ Jesus. That's what his love is trying to do. And I know that because of what he said there in uh, 5, 14, and 15. He said, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And you think, what does that mean, we've all died? It means for all of you who have placed your trust in Jesus Christ, it means that you have died to your old life. You're not supposed to be the same person. You are continuing to be made new over and over again as his mercies are new to you every morning. That he is moving you and conforming you, conforming that idea of surrounding, of pushing, conforming you into the image of Christ. That's the direction that he wants you to move is closer to him and to the image of Christ this new year. 
You see, he is that force that is coming against us. He is, and we are supposed to take on his same direction, the direction where we, as it says in 2 Corinthians, where we no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for our sake. That's the new direction. He doesn't want you to live for yourself because the way that you live for yourself, that's your old life. And that leads to sin, death, destruction. It doesn't lead to good things. It doesn't lead to things that satisfy your soul. But he wants to lead you into a new direction that will satisfy your soul. That's closer to him. And so through this series, we're going to be looking at those different directions, the the different direction that God is trying to move us in this new year so that we can gain some inertia. We can be that object that begins by that external force that God moves and he pushes us and we become moving and we start to move in his direction this new year because we tend to stay in that motion, in his direction because he already moved toward us. That's what he says in that verse in 2 Corinthians 5, that he demonstrated his love by sending his son. What an action that he would send his son for you, for me, to not only demonstrate who he is, but to pay the penalty for our sins. And that's why we can die to our old self, die to our old life, die to our old habits, die to our old patterns, die to all those things that we wish we weren't, so that we can be made new, move in a new direction toward Christ. You see, the action of him sending Jesus should elicit an equal and opposite reaction. And that's what we're gonna spend our time doing today, looking at the action of God as he moved toward us, and we're gonna respond. We're going to react, because really, that's, that's worship. That's what worship is. Worship, the definition of worship is a reaction to God's revelation. When God reveals who he is and we respond or we react, we are proclaiming his worth. We are praising him. We are giving our lives to him. We are proclaiming our devotion. We are humbling ourselves. We're saying, God, you take us in the direction that you wanna go because I wanna be a people that God moves Because if God moves in each of us, what a force our church could be in 2020, not for our glory, but for his. And so we're gonna begin this year by moving in his direction, and that's looking up to him. So would you pray with me, please? God, we don't wanna remain stagnant this next year. I don't wanna waste any amount of time that you give to us. I wanna be moving in your direction. We need you as an external force to move against us. We tend to stay in our old patterns, we tend to stay in our old habits, and we need you to act. We need to see you, we need to see what you have done on our behalf. And so, Lord God, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us in a mighty and powerful way. Would you show us how you can transform our lives? Would you show us the direction that you have for us this new year? And may we respond to your power, your might, and your glory. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.